The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From Richard Flint International. Deep inside you, there's a power. A power you can use to meet every challenge, every roadblock, conquer every obstacle life throws at you. A power to be happy, fulfilled, successful. A power to be everything you want to be. Now, meet the man who wrote the book on human behavior. The man who can teach you how to unleash your own power to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Flint. Hey, welcome. It's Richard Flint, and welcome to this hour to The Power to Be. And you know, this is a show that's about you, because I've created this show for you. And each of the shows that I do are designed to look at some of those human struggles that life presents you with. And we all have them. I mean, they're just an everyday part of life. And today's show is really important to me because today's show is about you being your own boss. So many times in conversations with people, I ask people, tell me about your dream. And over and over, I have heard, someday I want to own my own business. And when someone says that to me, I'm going to tell you something. My mind just kicks into gear and questions just start coming out of my mouth. Oh, what type of business would it be? You know, why would you make your choice that business? And do you have the capital or where would you get the capital to start your business? I'm going to tell you something. On and on I could go, but it doesn't take long when you're talking to people who want to own their own business. That for most of them, It's simply an idea that hasn't fully been thought through. Now, question. Have you ever thought about owning your own business? Oh, by the way, maybe you do own your own business. (laughs) And if you do, have you ever wondered, why did I do this to myself? Let me tell you something. There can be a lot of joy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of rewards to owning your own business. But there can also be a huge downside to it. If you're not fully prepared mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially, let me tell you something, you're going to have some struggles. So here is what I see today. And you may not agree with me, but it's okay. You've got the right to be wrong. But here's what I see. There is so much unrest in corporate America today where people have become tools for the company to use, not an asset for them to develop. And so many people that I know live with the fear of losing their business and everything that goes with that. So they think, 
Why not own my own business? Why not be my own boss and stop making money for a company that doesn't care about me? Sounds great, doesn't it? Man, to be your own boss, to own your own company, to call the shots and not have anybody telling you what to do? (laughs) There's a lot to think about. A short time ago, I met a young man. His name is Matt Sederstrom at a group where I was speaking. And he and I started a discussion, and it ended up with me inside his company helping him strengthen his leadership. Knowing his story, I thought, you know what? Matt would be a perfect guest to discuss this topic, so you want to own your own business. So Matt is joining us today to share his insights into owning your own business, because that's who Matt is. He's a business owner. So Matt, welcome to this hour of The Power to Be. Well, good morning, and uh, hi, Richard, Matt. Good to, good to be here, yes, sir. Thank you. Well, I thank you, first of all, for your willingness to take the time, because I know how busy you are, and to share your business wisdom with us. So, I know our listening audience doesn't know about you. So, tell us about Matt. Who is he? What's his background? What's his business? And how long has he owned his own business? Give us an overview of Matt. Sure, sure. Well, absolutely. Well, I grew up uh, uh, out in southwest Minnesota as a, as a farm kid and um, went to uh, school and didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grow up. <laughs> I think a lot of us have went through that. But... Um, Went through and, and uh, worked for a while for a few different uh, firms and ended up working for a, um, a company helping the fuel ethanol industry kind of develop the, the, uh, the industry from the standpoint of a grassroots effort. And so I got to see a lot of different people go through and build and start a new business. And it was, it was fun. It was interesting to me. And it, would, you know, it was neat to see uh, people working together and people doing something that was, quite frankly, bigger than themselves, you know, and it, and it applied to agriculture, which I was familiar with. So um, I'd worked for that company for quite a while, and, of course, the ethanol industry had slowed down uh, its development, and I still had a lot of hunger to continue on and, and do new development, new growth, new opportunities and stuff, and I thought, well, what a great chance to just do it for myself as opposed to helping others. Um, develop a $100 million facility or whatever, I thought, well, it's a lot smaller, but it's all mine in this case. So this this uh, led me to kind of think, you know, I grew up, as I mentioned, out on a farm and, and watched my, my dad and my relatives take risk every year. Every single year they'd, they'd plant a crop, you know, and watch livestock hopefully live and see markets go up and down and the, all the pressure that goes with that and the unrest that you, you experience. And, and to me, I, that's normal. To me, that was what you did. And so I'd always kind of thought, you know, I want to take a risk as well. You know, I, I, based on, on the uh, kind of the entrance costs of getting into agriculture, Richard, it just wasn't something that I thought I could do and get scaled up quick enough. It's, it's a pretty big investment. So I looked at other opportunities, but um, I, I just wanted to own something. And so I started that kind of uh, late, no, 2009. In fact, I can tell you a funny story. I was, I was sitting around feeling sorry for myself, 2009, single guy listening to all my friends 
talk about their family and talk about all the things that was going on in their life and so forth. And I'm looking at 40, you know, years of age coming pretty quick to me. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it soon. And instead of feeling sorry for myself, time to either, you know, put up or shut up kind of thing. So I decided I'd, I contacted a business broker and I basically, I just listed, you know, some of the things that I thought would be an option for me. I still had a day job. I wasn't ready to quit that because, you know, I was working for this contractor and I liked what I did. But I wanted to take that risk on myself because, you know, it, it just it just was what, what was in me. So <clears throat> we looked at a few different options from hair salons to nutrition businesses and, and other things. And auto repair was one of those that at first really didn't look appealing. Like, who wants to be an auto? I thought grease monkey dirty, not fun kind of stuff. But you know what? When you look at it from an element standpoint, it was culturally kind of similar to what I grew up with, being blue-collar, egg-type things, taking risk. And you're really more so in customer service than you are in anything else. And that's what I had done, you know, for a number of years working for the contractor was working on customer service. And I wanted to kind of apply some of those things I learned to that. So, it uh, that's that's kind of where it, it started. Is you know I I decided working with Honest One Auto Care to start um, start building a few shops and and here we are four shops strong and uh, been running now since 2010. Matt, in this journey that you've been on, I mean, um, have you ever questioned why you did this? Why why you left the world you had? Because it seems like that in that world from conversations we've had that you were pretty successful in that world. And so you took the leap, and it's a leap of faith. Uh, And this is where I find that a lot of people struggle, (coughs) is that they have that leap of faith. They need that leap of faith, but they're just not willing to take it. So have you ever questioned why you did this? Well, sure, sure. I think there is that question, you know, the why. Um, But to me, I thought, I didn't want to live a life and at uh, 40, 50, 60 years old of should have, could have, or would have, you know. So it really was something that, you know, why did I do this? Well, it was something that it, it would have been, I think, you know, a disappointment to me if I didn't. I mean, I've done things, and I think a lot of the, your listeners, Richard, have as well, where I've, I've ran marathons. You know, I, I challenge myself and... You know, I'm not doing this to brag, but I mean, I went and got um, a flight license and even learned how to instruct. And and um, I thought the instruction component was fun. But the the fact that, you know, this was an area that you spend so much of your time, you know, you spend a lot of your, your living life working, you know, at your at your job. I thought, I can't avoid the main component that's going on. And I just thought, at some point, when you go to school, you study hard, you do, you pay all the quote-unquote dues that, that we all pay while going to college, who better to invest in than yourself and take the risk on than yourself? I mean, why would you want to, for the rest of your life, put all those, those that hard work of schooling and so forth um, to the benefit of others? You know, and, and uh, quite frankly, you're benefiting yourself and you are benefiting others, but it, when you have your own business, but it's it's just something that you can actually see a little bit more of, if I would say, the, the rewards. And so it it was more of a question of, I, I have to do this. If I, if I don't, I'm going to be, you know, living a life of regret. 
You you shared with me not long ago the story of a friend of yours mm-hmm. whose, whose wife opened her own business. Right, right. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, I'd, I'd asked him. He he had um, he he'd been kind of complaining a little about how much he's had to take on more family roles than he had in and originally planned to since his wife had opened a, a French fry shop here in the Minneapolis, um, one of the Minneapolis malls. And so he had complained that, you know, he's been do, taking care of the kids more and so forth. And I said, okay, so do you remember why it was that, that your wife and, quite frankly, you as a team decided to do this? And he said, well, you know, she was making 60000 a year, and she didn't really like all of the stress that was happening at her, at her job. I kind of chuckled a little bit inside, but I didn't, I didn't outwardly. But I thought, if you're going to, if you think that that your your assignment, your job of uh, uh, is is too stressful, I don't know that you're going to find less stress opening your own business because, as the old saying goes, you're now chief cook and bottle washer. You're doing everything. So, so uh, I asked him. I said, you know, did she? think that being your own boss was going to be less stressful? And he, he says, well, I think she did at first, but I think she's realizing that it's not quite the, the case. But, you know, so many of us, I think, would think about owning your own business and saying it's just from the financial standpoint. And yes, you need to and, and want to be successful and financially, that's that's a, a big goal. But I think what what you always talk with, with me and others about is getting on a common purpose, common agenda, and a common commitment, you know, and maybe their family unit didn't have that discussion of a common purpose, a common agenda, and a common commitment. She had said one of the reasons why she wanted to open a business, she wanted to provide more for their kids when they get older. Well, interesting thing, Richard, is that I've seen and talked with a lot of kids now today that are grown that had no interest in ever getting into their family's business. You know, they'd seen their parents have a convenience store or a hardware store, and they actually saw some resentment towards that because it ultimately took time away from, you know, soccer games and, you know, and t-ball, you know, games and so forth and different band concerts, those kind of things that the kids really wanted their parents to be at but couldn't because they're busy with their business. And so... The kids developed a sense of resentment. So I don't know that I would, I would hope that listeners who are actually thinking about this aren't thinking that it's just for financial reasons that they're going to be able to better provide. I would, I would hope they find other reasons in addition to that. You know? So again, getting back to that common purpose, common commitment, common agenda that you always talk about. I know, Matt, that we've had several conversations, and uh, you know, I've asked you on several occasions about the fact of Why'd you do this? And you keep coming back to me, and I, I love your answer um, because I want to do something bigger than myself. And right. That's a very noble statement, and I, 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 I think that it's something that's in a lot of people. But when you say that, what do you mean? You know, it's interesting. My my dad would always tell me, he says, you know, Matt, when you grow up, when, when, you're, when you're all said and done you, and you're pushing up daisies, so to speak, you really want to put your ex in this world. You know, some of us will look at putting our ex in this world as, as uh, creating a, a great family and a great lineage that way. Well, I'm, I'm single and I don't have kids. I'm not advertising. I'm just saying. I, I 
at this point haven't haven't put that uh, that together. And I looked at the fact that if you can do something where we build a business, where we don't just build a business, we build something great. You know, we build something where people love coming to work. You know, and, and to me, I really like today's payday. You know, in fact, I'm delivering paychecks. I like doing and giving people paychecks. I like seeing people grow. I like seeing people take ownership and engagement into, uh, you know, a common common company's agenda and, and purpose. And and so, you know, I could have I could have done a lot of things with with money and so forth, buy toys. But Richard, those toys they they aren't going to make me ultimately happy. It's the things of, uh, like, you know, seeing people develop and seeing people grow and seeing people, you know, do something that is bigger than they imagine they could do. You know, that's the kind of thing that really gets exciting and brings you, I think, a lot more, as, as I would say, joy, not just happiness, but joy. So is what you're doing with your life right now fulfilling for Matt? It is. It is. Yeah, it does, it does really kind of make you... Um, feel good about, you know, the fact that we might just be fixing cars. You know, sounds simple, right? But we're more than that. We're providing customer service. We're taking care of people's needs, you know, and 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 seeing people all work together so that, you know, we're growing people's skills and abilities and expanding their uh, sense of ownership and sense of, of belonging and their sense of purpose, you know, so that the the thing I tell any one of our employees is that, you know, the, the proudest day is if you leave working for us, and go to work and start your own shop or your own business. Because then you've actually seen that, you know, hey, if that dumb farm kid, wink, wink, from southwest Minnesota could could do this, well, maybe I can do it too, you know. And, and so that to me is, is, you know, you're providing something that's really bigger than yourself. And you've been doing this how long now? Yeah, since 2010. 2010. So four, you got four years going on, five years invested in it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is, is it still challenging? It is. It is. It is challenging. It does, you know. I, it, I think the change, the cha- challenge, uh, changes as uh, time evolves. At first, it's to get open and get established, and then it's to get a, you know, really a process and getting things in place. I'm, I'm a big um, believer in Marcus Lemonis. You know, his triangle of people, process, and profit. Gary Gunn is another coach that we've worked with. He talks about people, process, profit, or product, whichever you want to put. And and that changes, but it still remains the same. As commit, you know, people all need to be committed to a common process. And the you know the process runs the business. People don't run a business. The process runs a business. And we need to commit to a common process. And the profits are really just the score of the game. So, are there still fears and unknowns that go with what you're doing right now? Oh boy, <laughs> of course there are fears. You know, um, it's 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 interesting. When you start putting things in perspective, I've—it's a common. Well, I should say it's for right now. The the movie that's that's out now, this movie of Unbroken, uh, is a great story. And so I've uh, started reading the book. Uh, my girlfriend and I are actually reading it together, and we're soon to be going to the movie. And it's funny how fears of what we deal with in a day-to-day life can be really trivialized as you go through and see what uh, Louis, the main character, goes through. He's really been challenged and so forth to the point of, of you, I can't imagine someone going through what he's went through. But, you know, just getting to the point where you know that, you know, you can, 
you can get through some of these things and realize that there's you have to have a level of optimism and a good attitude, you know, and, and that's what uh, our general manager, Hunter, always talks about is bring a good attitude and you can really pretty much get through anything. You know, if you have a bad attitude, it's it's not about skills and it's your attitude, you know, and, and so that's that's really uh, kind of a good a good way, a good reminder for us to be thinking. Do fears sometimes, Matt, uh, are, sometimes are they the basis for our creativity? It can be, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, well, if you, you want to think about wartime, you know, I think about when were a lot of the things most uh, invented, you know, bombs and things like that that we ultimately, you know, see destruction from, but there's actually a lot of effort focused into uh, getting uh, a lot of things developed in a short amount of time. Uh, so I, I look at that as an example of, you know, where it certainly could uh, fuel, you know, your fear of failing or fear of, of the unknown and those kind of things can certainly kind of get uh, involved as well. Okay, listen, we're going to pause here and take a break. Uh, so you don't go away because we're going to come back and talk some more with uh, Matt about owning your own business. Want to know a secret? The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every morning is the perfect way to start your day. And listen to this. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute (laughs) could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Hey. Want to know another secret? It just takes a minute to get Richard Flint's Morning Minute. Go to www.richardflint.com, then to the Resources drop-down menu at the top, and click on Get the Morning Minute. Oh, and by the way, you can enjoy the first 21 days of Richard's Morning Minute absolutely free. But uh, don't tell anybody I told you so. A Star Maker Magic Moment. How challenging is it to maintain focus? Unbelievable for me. Why has it been challenging, Brian? I think a lot of things from the past want to have their voice, have their way, say it can't be. And when the goal and the vision is high and you haven't seen it, you haven't tasted it, haven't touched it, there's a war there. And in your case with your personality, ever make you overanalyze things? Uh, I guess you want me to be truthful. (laughs) July 17th through the 19th at the incredible PGA National Resort and Spa in beautiful Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. But remember, there's a limited number of registrations, so do it now. Sign up at www.richardflint.com or call 1-800-368-8255 and ask for Denise. Come join the fam. Star Maker 2015. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're talking about owning your own business, which I think in a lot of people <laughs> is something that roams around inside of them, uh, but they don't fully understand what it's about, and that's why. My guest today is so important to me, Max, uh, Matt Cedarstrom, uh, because he owns his own business. And so we're talking about that, about what it takes to own your own business and what you need to understand. 
So, Matt, if you've had any regrets, what are they? Well, I guess the, the, the regret that I would focus on is, you know, you always, I think for a while we were talking about uh, some of the, the principles of clutter, you know, in your morning minute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can certainly relate to, you know, how clutter can be really a, a matter of avoidance. You know, you're avoiding things on your left side or your right side, depending which hand you are, and those piles, they build up. Well... I've never really been a detail person, and so not really being a detail person, things that require detail, and let's just list a few, accounting, um, legal issues, um, reading through contracts, getting into a lot of insurance issues. I mean, heck, even going through a lot of real detailed IT understanding or issues uh, just wasn't something I liked. You know, I I would rather approach things from a social aspect or from a more so a uh, kind of a sales or relationship aspect, you know. So I had a fear. And, you know, if you're going to focus on, you know, doing what the company needs to make money, you know, it's great that we're growing people. However, ultimately the business is going to be here tomorrow if it's making a profit today. And so one of the things that in particular was the financial side or the accounting side. And so uh, thankfully there's people in this world like Gary Gunn that uh, has helped me really understand on a nuts and bolts level how to manage your budget, how to put together a budget, how to manage your gross profit, and knowing those drivers in that gross profit. And boy, Richard, I sure did pay a big tuition bill for not understanding that as soon as I should have or really needed to. But thankfully, you know, we did find Gary, and thankfully we are um, not just understanding it at my level, but I've really tried to do a lot working with you, Richard, to get our team to be, uh, I should say, partners, that's the word you prefer, correct? Correct. <laughs> partners, to understand, you know, the, the importance of gross profit management and understanding their budget and treating the, the partners or staff as though we're all together, together in this, you know, that you need to manage your GP, you need to understand what makes those things happen and understand what goes into your budget. You know, I'm not back here making so much money and sitting in a fancy ivory tower of sorts. We're all in this together, you know, and when we make money, we're going to share in the, in the profits, you know. So it might sound a bit socialistic, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, Greg Sands always puts it best, you know, as, as a, he's a, a multi-shop owner. He said, any car shop owner that doesn't want to share his, his uh, budget or his finances is either A, embarrassed, or B, doesn't understand it. And I want to approach things a lot different from that standpoint and help everyone, in fact, everyone over front counter people understand what goes into the budget. They can see what, what drives the ship, so to speak, what those expenses are. And, when, and what Gary will always teach us, Gary Gunn, is he'll say, once you can teach something, then you truly understand it. And I can, I can attest to that from the flight instruction that I've done, too, is that when you really understand something, you can communicate and try to find ways to relate to someone and do that. So I'm happy that, those, those, that we've, we've turned the corner on that. We are making money. We are doing things the, you know, the right and good way. However, my regret would have been that, that I didn't get on that, that a little bit faster and, and, uh, and think that, well, money will just happen. I can... You know, as, as I used to think, maybe outsell uh, poor margins. And truthfully, you can sell yourself broke is what, what I've learned. 
Well, you know, you know what's interesting, Matt, is that so many times someone thinks, okay, I'm going to open my own business. I'm going to get me a place. I'm going to get it all ready. I'm going to put the key in the door. I'm going to open the door, and I'm going to be here, and the world is going to be waiting for me. And yet, if you don't understand the backside of business, you know, opening that door and not understanding the backside can also be what closes that door. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, and that's that's exactly right. I mean, you know, you can have a great top line or a great gross sales number, but controlling and managing your expenses and understanding that uh, that you need to have a budget, it amazes me, unfortunately, but it amazes me the that because we live on a budget, I under, I start to assume that everyone lives and understands a budget. But yet when you have employees ask for a pay advance, I'm thinking, don't you live on a budget? Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty true that it's a tough transition for a lot of us that, you know, hey, just because there's money in your bank account doesn't mean you you should or need to be, you know, making that uh, or you taking on that expense. Well, and that leads us to the next thing. Um, because I want to come back to a word we mentioned a few minutes ago, and that was fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think owning your own business is exciting. I've owned my own business now for 34 years. Uh, and I think to a lot of people, it's exciting until all of a sudden they step away from a safety net. And that safety net <laughs> is that paycheck every week. Yeah. And now you have to realize you have to pay yourself. And I think for a lot of people, that's where a lot of fear comes in. I agree. I agree. So when you look of this journey of owning your own business, what are the fears? What have you gone through? What have you wrestled with in the world of fear? Well, thankfully, you did give me a heads up that I was going to, you're going to ask a little bit about fears. And so I kind of thought things categorically, Richard. I guess I... I think about things from regards of fear of yourself or fear of failing or fear of the unknown or some people even think fear of success or not being smart enough and and those kind of things. I could kind of go through that on a different, you know, I think what I'd like to do if you're okay with it is kind of go through some of those because I kind of jotted down a couple of thoughts on on some of those. Is that all right? Yeah, that's what I want you to do. Share with us. Sure, sure. Well... Fear yourself, you know, the, the can I really do this? You know, can I, am I really that person that, that uh, you know, can own a business? Because we all know business owners at some level or not, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I think when you think about relationships or school or occupation and those kind of things, we all have tapes in our head that you talk with us about that, that may impact those decisions you know can i am i really smart enough to be a medical doctor am i really smart enough to be um a chemist or to be a a, a finance person or an accountant am i really that smart and you realize that you know like like the old saying goes uh how do you eat an elephant well it's it's one bite at a time you know you you just kind of get through you know those those kind of aspects of doing things and just step-by-step is is the way of doing a lot of that, getting over the fear of yourself that you are smart enough. You know, I mean, run a few uh, 5K or 10Ks and and see the field of participants, and you'll start to realize that you're probably in as good, if not better shape than a lot of the people around you. So you don't, it's not like there's this special breed of person that only owns a business, you know, that kind of thing. 
Well, I think, Matt, there's so much to what you're talking about because one of the things I found in working with a lot of business owners is it's exciting to start the business, but the business within itself, as you try to grow it, will really deal with how much do you trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you don't trust yourself, then what happens? You start doubting yourself. When you start doubting yourself, all of a sudden now, you start creating all kind of obstacles for yourself. Right. What's another one of the fears? Right. Um, uh, so a fear of failing. You know, what? It, like the, the standard question, what if I put up all my money, well, a big chunk of it anyway, and, and lose it? What if that happens? Well, you know, you have to ask yourself this. You know, if you're going to go and make an investment, and we all, we all do as, as time progresses in 401Ks and those kind of things as wherever we work, and you think about where are you investing? You're investing in companies that are traded publicly, but it's on the NASDAQ or Norton, NYSE or whatever it might be. You know, and I've talked with enough business owners and, and really have heard from them that their best investment has always been an investment in, in themselves. You know, um, I'm not telling you to go ahead and put all your money in yourself and take it and cash out every last investment. It's good to have some diversity, right? But... Um, how better can you control the variables that go into the marketing, that go into the operations, that go into the personnel? You can't control what's going on at Walmart. You can make an investment in their stock, but you can't control those those investments or those those components. So you get a little bit more of, as I'd call, a granular level of control, which can be good, you know, and, and maybe not. But just knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are can help you navigate through that. Well, and this is why we need people around us, right? Like you have, you have Hunter, and Hunter is a good backboard for you, right? Um, and 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 he, you can bounce things off of him, right? Um, and sometimes a lot of people don't have a Hunter in their life; they don't have that person they can bounce bounce things off of, so they're on their own. And right. you know, if you don't have that good set of ears around you, someone you can bounce something off of. That fear of failing can just grow and grow and grow because it will increase your doubt, increase your worry, increase your uncertainty. And all of a sudden, you're making sure that you fail. Right. I think that I think being willing to be open with what you don't know. Some people have a level of pride that they're not willing to be that. You know, and that's what's what's amazes me, Richard, is that you know, uh, an old farmer always used to tell me. He says, you know, you got to find. It was giving me dating advice, so I think it's a bit funny, but it applies in different ways. He says, you know, Matt, you just have to find someone that can fill the holes in your fence. Meaning that you know, sometimes I might be more of a of a numbers person, or a you know, more of a detail or less of a detail person. But you want to have someone that counterbalances that. You know, someone who maybe will take take that. And I, I think I've seen a lot of good functioning relationships, be it, you know, marriages or whatever, that, that have existed based on people finding that complement to one another. And so if you're going to do something like this, you know, finding someone maybe is not as an employee or maybe, you know, if it's a, if it's a person who's been there, done that, so to speak, that you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with and chat through some of your struggles and fears and those kind of things and just be open with them and honest. Yeah. We got about a minute and a half before we go to break. So what about the fear of the unknown? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, how many of us actually know <laughs> what tomorrow is going to bring? The sun going to come up tomorrow? Are we sure? You know, 
I don't know. Everyone, everyone who's who's asked me about, well, you must really like cars. You must really know, have a have a big desire or knowledge of cars. And the answer is, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I like to drive them just like the next person. However, um, it, the real thing is, it's 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 an opportunity to really embrace some of that unknown, you know, and and look at it and say, look, you're gonna where you're at today in anyone's job. If you look back when you started it, you probably didn't know everything you know today and are comfortable as comfortable as you are doing that. And it's no different when you own your own business. You know, you have to learn to ask more of the, the why nots as opposed to, oh boy, why? You know, I need to find that perfect business. And nothing's perfect. It just isn't, you know. But if the things that you think you can bring to that business, be it great sales, be it good customer service, be whatever it is, you know, I think that, that some of those unknowns are going to become knowns the more and harder you want to work. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to pause here, and we're going to go take a little break. And when we come back from break, uh, I want to talk about the fear of success because it's one of them that you brought up. Uh, so you stay there. Don't go anywhere. Okay. We're going to come right back from break. Behavior never lies. Think about it. You can't argue with it, can't dispute it, can't ignore it. You know it's absolute truth, and it applies to every person living on the planet. Behavior never lies. Written by the grassroots expert on human behavior himself. His name is Richard Flint. In this book, Richard gives you his insight into why this number one Flint philosophy is so important for all of us to understand. It's the book that won't let you off the hook. Because what Richard's saying is that if your words don't match your behavior, sorry, you're out of the game. Behavior never lies. Listen, if you're brave enough, get the book and read it. Go to richardflint.com or we really recommend you give Denise a call at 1-800-368-8255. Oh, and just for your information... If you really don't like to read that much, ask Denise about the audio excerpt version on Flash Drive. Behavior never lies. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Hello, my name is Gary Gunn, and I've been uh, listening to Richard every morning probably for about six months now. And he's my partner, and he puts the soul back into my life every day. And if you're not taking the morning minute, you sure need to do it. It starts my day every day. I look forward to it, and I recommend it highly for anybody that doesn't have it. You should have it. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the morning minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the morning minute for us, it just kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking with my guest, uh, Matt Cedarstrom, and we're talking about owning your own business. And if you're out there and that's something that you are thinking about in your life, about this is what you want to do, uh, be a business owner. Um, I think what Matt is talking about brings a lot of relevance and a clearer picture to where we're going. 
And we've been talking about some of the fears. We've talked about um, the, uh, the fear of yourself, fearing yourself, uh, the fear of uh, failing, uh, the fear of the unknown. And, and Matt, what about the fear of success? That's an interesting, you know, kind of thing that you talk about, Richard. And, and a lot of us, you know, might think at some level, not maybe outwardly, openly, but they might, we might think that, you know, that we're not good enough and that we're not skilled or qualified or whatever enough to be a business owner. Um, you know, and you think about Jack Welch or you think about Donald Trump or someone who's just, you know, this huge magnate that, is, you know, that has really made a lot of, of titans of success type thing. But it's interesting. I think if you break things down into manageable tasks and work through them day by day and, you know, that, that those kind of things that, you know, you can realize and, and you'll find success. And I think that everyone needs to think about what success really is. You know, is success just, you know, showing up and getting up for work? Is success actually doing something more than you thought you could do? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't really necessarily relate a lot to a fear of success, but uh, maybe you have some thoughts, Richard. Well, I, I think sometimes if, you know, if we've never been in a place where we've been challenged, and are we've been in a place where a lot of things have been given to us and we've never had to work for anything, you know, to me, you're, you wouldn't struggle that much with the fear of success because with what I know about you, everything you've gotten, you've worked for. So you've built this foundation within yourself of, of trusting yourself and believing in yourself. It doesn't mean you don't go through doubts. I know you do. It doesn't Absolutely. mean you don't worry about things. I know you do that too. But yep. for someone who's never been tested, and then they step into a world like owning their own business where the tests are coming from all places, I think then the fear of not being able to do it, the fear of not being good enough can really, really play havoc with them. And Matt, the fear I hear the most, and I don't know if you've been through this or not, is the fear of timing. Is this the right time for me to do this? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. You know, <clears throat> there's always tomorrow. You know, I, I we're we're dealing and seeing a lot of resolution. You know, people going to the gym, and we're seeing re- resolutions and different you know different things that everyone kind of goes through. And I always have heard the old saying that it it takes two months to make a habit and two weeks to break it. You know, so it's easy to to stop going to the gym. It's easy to stop, you know, eating right or whatever it might be that you're you're trying to work with or stop smoking, those kind of things. But timing is just timing, you know. And if you think about what you're trying to do and what you're trying to grow and the legacy that you hope to create, you know, the X that I've always was talking about earlier and, and putting in this world, there's always a reason not to do it. There's always a reason to hold off. There's always that reason to to think, well, if I just get things a little bit better. I'm in the group with uh, Gary Gunn, and I, I see a lot of people in that group that talk about wanting to start a second store, a second model repair shop, and don't feel like that timing is, is right just yet. And so... I look at it and I say, well, what, what's holding them, you know, them back? And I ask questions to some of the people that I feel have really gotten a great process and a great staff in their store, and I can see their profits because we all go through and compare our profits to see where we can all improve or sharpen. And 
I ask questions, well, you know, I'll hear a lot of comments, Richard, well, just not yet. You know, if I just get a little bit better, if this just gets better, then I'll, I'll do it. And I'm thinking, well, have you written it down? Have you made that a statement that you're going to commit to and live to? Are you going to, are you going to actually pull the trigger when this particular event happens? And, you know, there's always another, well, not yet because, dot, dot, dot. And it's, it's, it's disappointing to me. And it's maybe a little bit, you know, frustrating, I would have bet, for others when, you know, when, when we tell others around us that, you know, just a little bit more and just a little bit more never really happens. We just need to commit, you know, and it's, it's sometimes taking that step into the pool. You're going to get wet and you're going to go underwater, but you're, you're going to be fine. You know, it'll work. And this all comes back to trusting yourself, right? Yes, sir. And, and, be- it does. and believing in you and having the confidence in your talents. Uh, but if, again, if I've always worked from someone else, I've never had to really trust myself because everybody tells me what to do, and I just follow directions, and then I step into this world where all of a sudden it's on my shoulders. Right. It's my business. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a lot more to there than most people realize. Now, I want to shift gears with you because uh, in these last minutes we have, uh, one of the things you and I have talked about to me is so important. Um, when you think about owning your business, okay, what challenges go with being a business owner? And, and what have you found uh, in basically your five years? Well, that's a, that's a long answer to how many minutes we have left. We only have <laughs> so, a few, so. Yeah, I understand. So, so challenges, you know, that you look at and you think about any business is going to have. You're going to have, you know, challenges as it relates to HR and finances, of course, marketing and advertising and operations. And really, you're, you're in the, you've got your hand in a lot of, if not all of it, you know. So when you think about this, the standpoint of, of HR, you know, that will be your biggest challenge. People to get a common purpose, common agenda, and common commitment, getting them all to understand what we're here to do and what we're trying to do different and better is really is really key, you know, and, and finding the right people that want to and are, are committed to that, that's really that's really your biggest uh, obstacle to overcome. I can't tell you what exactly makes that. I think that, you know, open communication, open dialogue, and um, probably working with you, Richard, <laughs> is, is going to be one of those things because, as you've talked about, there are various, various personalities, and, and you've broken it down for us, uh, in, in terms of uh, animals in a zoo, you know, and that's been a good way for us to, as, as leaders in our partnership, if you will, to look at and understand different personalities and how we can work together to do that. And Matt, what about if you realize someone's a wrong fit for your business? Well, that's, you know, there's two, two things that you've said. You know, if someone is taking all the positive energy that you put into a day out of you, or if you're bringing that person home with you and you're showering or in bed or whatever in your mind with that person, that person needs to go, you know, and that's, that's okay, you know, because then hopefully we'll find a, a spot that will work for them. But you need to understand that what you're trying to do is you're building an entity, a, a, you know, a, a non-human human issue, which or a component, which is, you know, it's an, a business. So you need to all be committed to that, that common purpose agenda and commitment. What about finances? Finances are, are important. You know, a lot of people will find 
a reason to not do uh, a business because they just don't have the money. Well, I think if we can get creative, um, you know, a lot of us can find that money. You know, you can find if it's a matter of you not, might not be able to open, you know, a, a $50 million business from day one, but quite frankly, you don't want to give the keys to a Ferrari to a 16-year-old kid either. You know, you want to try to get something where you can handle, understand, and, and do on a smaller level that's hopefully, hopefully repeatable or grow, growable in different ways. Um, you know, so those that's, a, that's a, a hurdle, but it's not an insurmountable obstacle. You can take a loan against your house. You can take a 401k loan. You can do different things that liquidate. And, and do you really need all of the toys and all the things that you have in your life? It's a real question. When someone says, I would really like to do a business, but then but tells me they can't, uh, can't because they, they don't have any money, and then they drive away in a fancy new European car, I just kind of think, well, you know, um, behavior never lies, right? Yep. So one of my friends always says, uh, Robin Thompson, be careful that you don't have more month than you have money. Right. And that, you know, you said it earlier on, it's important that you be able to understand uh, finances, profit and loss, right. uh, cost of doing business. And a lot of people just don't understand those things. Mm-hmm. What about marketing and advertising? You know, <clears throat> that the getting people to your door, just because, like you had mentioned earlier, you built a great building in a great area or you've got a, got a great name with a great website or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean people are going to come in. You know, I, I, uh, I love... And Ted Turner, uh, from the standpoint of his, his little saying, he always said, uh, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell, and advertise. I just think that's great. <laughs> I love that. You know? I just love that statement. <laughs> you know, but it's so true. You know, you can have the best good or service in the world, but unless you go and, and actually get it out there so that people know about that and what you're going to do to make sure that you're taking care of what they want, and really address your marketing and your advertising from the aspect of what do people need? You know, do people really want to know what you know or do they want to know that you care? You know, as I always say to our guys, that we're not selling auto repair, we're selling customer service. You know, make sure that you understand and communicate that in everything you do. If it's your advertising can be from the way you do your service, it can also be from the standpoint of, of, uh, of just what you're putting in your, your material that you're distributing out on the web or in the mailboxes or whatever it might be. What about operations? I mean, this is huge. It is huge. You know, um, getting in, and doing what you're saying you're going to do um, and make sure it's done right, you know, that's, that's, that's a big thing. Um, you know, so, so when we're... Uh, when we're looking at things and and people say, well, you must really fix a lot of cars or do that, and I'm like, well, I kind of I'm, I show them, but not real proud, but sometimes jokingly, I'll show them how clean my fingernails are. Well, I don't fix the cars, <laughs> but I got to make sure I've got people from the operation standpoint that that um, can perform the tasks that we need them to do. You know, if I'm going to advertise a specific service, yeah, I got to make sure that we've got those people that were trained and are in place. You know, but from an operation standpoint. We do things that we are looking at from um, what Greg Sands always talks about is, and Gary Gunn, is it's very customer-centric service. You know, I mean, 
auto repair is auto repair. I've got the same skilled technicians as most everywhere else. I've got the same parts suppliers as everywhere else. But you've got to sell convenience. You've got to sell things in a in a way that a restaurant would, or extend your hours that others uh, that other businesses would, like a drugstore. You know what does what what has CVS and Walgreens done so well? Well, they've stayed open weekends and they stayed open in the evenings. Well, that's what you have to do in auto repair. You know, things like that that operationally, you know, make you different. You know, what what are you going to do to make sure that that customer feels like a, a priority? You know, again, just because you can fix their car, you know, and when people call in and, and say, hey, I'd like to get my oil changed, our standard line is absolutely is now a good time to bring in your vehicle as opposed to other places which will tell you, well, that's uh, that's great. I've got an opening uh, next week, Thursday at 4 p.m. Well, you know, if I need my haircut, Richard, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find someone that's going to get my haircut right now because I'm, I'm thinking about it. You yeah. know, I don't wait for a deal in the mail. It just has to come. So, Yeah, and uh, Matt, because we got two minutes left, and i got a couple things to do at the end. So in one statement, if you could tell people, the listener, one thing about owning your own business, what's the imp- most important thought you could give them? You know, this this month's theme is time. You know, and again, you asked, you know, when is the right time? Um, you know, I've had one of your your uh, your minute, morning minutes bouncing around my head for the last week. You know, and it's and it's it talks about the two things that are are certain. You know, we are born and we will die, and the time that we have between those two points is up to us to what we want to do. So I I would just say, you know. Anyone that's thinking about opening a business is to put a plan in place and do it. You know, if you if those people don't uh, plan to fail, they just fail to plan. Well, I, time is ticking. Yeah, so I appreciate that. That's a that's a great thought. That uh, you know, it is your time. It's your life. Yep. Listen, I appreciate Matt being here with us today, and I hope that you understand the depth of what he's talking about. Now, next week we're going to continue this theme, and I'm going to be talking to you about owner versus leader. Because there's so many different hats that you have to wear. Uh, you know I'd like to hear from you. So if questions, comments, concerns, uh, solutions at richardflint.com. And if you'd like to go a little deeper into this, I have a CD entitled Treating Your Business Like a Business. And if you go to richardflint.com backslash treating your business, there's all the information that is there. And have you been to my website yet, richardflint.com? Have you signed up for your 21-day free trial of the Morning Minute, which Matt was alluding to? And you need to take me to a deeper level in in your life. Now, I just want to remind you of one thing. This is your life to design. So make sure you're making the decisions that keep you moving forward because you can only go in two directions. You go in circles or you go forward. Until next Thursday. Richard Flint saying, have a great, great week. Any questions? Call our people at Richard Flint Productions, 1-800-368-8255, 1-800-368-8255, or visit us at www.richardflint.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 